0: This is Texas State Spit Talk.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running.
2: Hello? You play to win the game. I
0: mean, listen, we're talking about Not, not a game, not a game, not a game.
1: We're talking about... To LeBron, that was insane! Officially insane,
3: LeBron
1: James.
4: It is time. for another episode of Texas State Spit Talk. But we have a special intro. Peyton, you want to start the show in a very special way?
3: Common sense is not a gift. It's a punishment. Because you have to deal with everyone who doesn't have it.
4: And that's your... Who's the quote by?
3: Rafiki. There you go. And that's <laughs> your... From Lion King.
4: Yes. That's your uh, <laughs> Peyton quote of the week. Peyton, you're not expected to bring one every week now. You realize? That, okay,
3: right? I can do that. It's your new thing. Yeah, the I'm full of them.
4: The Peyton Hill quote of the week. Yeah. <laughs> to <an> welcome. Welcome. Interesting, <laughs> interesting start to Texas State's Bit Talk. Episode, what is this, 14 now? We're, we're getting getting good at this. Uh I don't know. We still have people listening, I think. And we might have scared them off by now. If we get We've checked the numbers, so.
2: If we go any farther, I can't count that high, so <laughs> count on you guys. <laughs> and that's why we're in sports. Uh
4: welcome to Texas State's Bit Talk. Uh Brandon, welcome back. You were you were in Seattle last week. We took all our shots at you. Uh Ethan yeah, wasn't good enough apparently. to replace you.
2: I received some texts from one of my inside sources saying they're taking shots at you on this podcast, so I checked it out a few days later, and uh wasn't as bad as I thought, but I I know. I feel like it a little bit. Gee,
3: I
4: wonder who that inside source is.
3: Hey, I didn't say anything about taking shots because I might have also taken some shots. I wasn't
4: referring to you. I was referring to the dude who was auditioning for his
3: job. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely true.
4: Was that your inside source?
3: I actually don't know
2: who we're talking about. Ethan.
4: <laughs> Ethan kind of started the whole thing. Ethan was like, yeah, I'm going for, I'm auditioning for the job. I was like, I'm going to replace, I'm going to yeah, be the new Brendan. Yeah, he did say that when he, he came said, on gonna, here. He said, yeah. I'm going to be the new Brendan. So, he even made a joke about how you talk about the Mavs all the time. He's like,
3: I don't. I barely no, talk about No, you really don't. You really don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, it's I, a good start th- to say I'm going to be the new Brendan. If, you if, know? If, uh, <laughs> if
4: my team had a player like Luka Doncic, I would not shut up about him. So, I, I give you props for that. Um Guys, let's start off with our weekly spotlight. We started doing this last week. Brendan, this is your first time doing a weekly spotlight. So basically what this is, is we talk about something in athletics that we thought was an honorable effort or something like that. So let's jump to that. Brendan, let's start with you. Welcome to Weekly Spotlight.
2: Woo! Woo! For my weekly spotlight. Maybe it's a little bit of an easy one to to choose. So that's why I'm going to choose it. Do it. Derrick Rose. Ooh. D-Rose, D-Rose, D-Rose. Uh, I, I thought Peyton might take that one, but Derrick Rose Dude, dropped. I might have. Derrick Rose dropped 50 the other day on the Utah Jazz, and the Timberwolves won 128 to 125. The bigger thing, like I said, Derrick Rose scored 50. He had never scored 50 before. He hadn't scored 40 since 2012. Um, he won MVP in 2011. It's been a long battle for him with all these knee surgeries, knee Three. injuries. Uh, he's a, he said. After the game, he was crying. He didn't even make it so, off the court just, yet. Just 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 so emotional, you know, that he's been working so hard to try to get back to that. People have been doubting him. They're even wondering last year why the Timberwolves signed him. But will they bring him back? He scores fifteen on nineteen of thirty one shooting, eight of eleven from the field from the uh field or from the free throw line, eight of eleven. And, and it's game, just a
3: special moment. Almost a game winning layup too. So Yeah, he, he I think he had the game winning block. Mm-hmm. He, oh he, block, yeah, it was it was a block.
2: Yeah, he blocked and the Timberwolves, you know, beat the Utah Jazz, who are very good team good team uh does a special for D-Rose to do that and I have to give him credit
4: there yeah i mean that was fantastic I mean, the guy that's battled through so much right so many injuries and it seems like every other time he takes a step his knee blows out and he's able to battle it and put up such a pretty good performance is pretty impressive Peyton, who was your weekly spotlight
3: i got a good one but the uh, weekly spotlight uh, uh, of the week something really cool though going back just a second uh ESPN 30 for 30 already said uh on twitter they like put a picture of him and said uh, uh, something along the lines is like, it's only crazy if you do it or something like that. Uh, meaning we're going to see a 30 for 30 on Derrick Rose's down. injuries coming up in the near future. But coming up to my spotlight of the week. Spotlight it is of the week. very new, very recent. Nick Mullins. Hey. Heard the name? No. It's yes, of course. <laughs> it, it, yes, it, it, of course. It's I had to look up last night with school. Exactly. Right? Every,
4: every, if you don't know who Nick Mullins is, then like, what are you even doing with your life? Exactly. How do you call yourself a sports fan if you don't know who Nick the Mullins is? The man
3: is a third string 49ers quarterback. Wasn't verified From on Southern Twitter. Southern Mississippi. Yeah, wasn't verified on Twitter. Wasn't uh, like even thought of mid-game. I know, right? Uh, mid-game Twitter. Verifies him as like an official person, <laughs> official person, yeah. Uh, he's
4: an official human being now. I guess none of
3: us are he has human the beings. best quarterback winning percentage in history. <laughs> <laughs> so Nailed that, it. There, there's a little thing for you there. Uh, second year player led the San Francisco 49ers to a 34 to 3 victory. Who over needs Garoppolo? Oakland. That's
4: just cut him. Go ahead and uh, that's, that's what cut. I'm saying.
3: Uh, I wanted to go with Kittle because I think he's been doing an outstanding job as a tight end, but. You got to see where that ball placement there was. So, uh, there you go, Mister uh, Mister Nick Mullins, Mister Nick Mullins out real of quick, Southern. You went from
2: nothing to starter in a game. I'm about to look into it real quick. I think Texas State played him before. Really, Mullins? I remember we, us playing Southern Miss in 2015. I'll leave you to research that yeah, while I'm, I give. am checking on
4: that right now. While I give you the weekly spotlight, uh, mine comes from a local, more local. Uh, it's actually from a game I covered last night. I Want to go ahead and throw this out there. Lehman High School—they got obliterated by Bowie, sixty-five to twenty-one. But I just wanted to give a shout out to junior running back for Layman, Keyshawn Williams. He had—he was a bell cow for the Lobos last night against a very good Bowie team. Twenty carries, ninety-one yards, and a touchdown. The, amidst his team being destroyed, literally, like they were not—it was ugly. Uh, Keyshawn Williams hung in there and had a pretty good game, so I just wanted to give a quick little shout out to him. So, if, hey, for if you were in the Kyle air and you know. Uh, Keyshawn Williams from Lehman High School. Give him a high five or I
2: don't know, fist bump or something. So after some intensive journalism investigating by me.
4: I'm I'm so proud of you. It took like in, a minute and a half. In, te- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> in twenty fifteen, the Bobcats indeed did play Nick Mr. Mullins. Nick Mullins. In that game. I, I remember it because that was like one of the first Texas State games I went to. Uh Texas State lost that game fifty six to fifty. It was an crazy wow. scoring game with Texas State almost played a incredible comeback uh, at the end of the game scoring 22 in the fourth quarter Nick Mullins went 19 of 27 333 yards 4 touchdowns and no picks and you know Russell on that team Just, uh, if you guys have been paying attention to NFL Ito Smith he's taken over as yeah, the running, running back for Atlanta for, for Atlanta, or Atlanta. Yeah, after uh, mm-hmm. Freeman went out Ito Smith stepped in so he was on that team Nick Mullins is on that team and that explains why they put up 56 points on the Bobcats but yeah the Bobcats have Bobcats pl- put up 50 bo- though Bobcats played Nick Mullins before he was Nick Mullins well, that was back when
4: Tyler Jones was... I
3: think Nick Mullins just became Nick Mullins, so...
4: <laughs> you, so, who do you think he was back then? Just like...
3: He was just Nick. Just Nick. Just now,
4: now he's Nick freaking
3: Mullins. Nick Mullins. From Southern Mississippi. But before he was just Nick. He was just, <laughs> he was just <laughs> Nick. He was slick
4: Nick. Tyler Jones Tyler Jones almost had 500 yards in that game of offense. I mean, Tyler <laughs> Jones, by the time he was a senior, was just a dude running for his life. A really good quarterback that had no blocking. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Shout out to Tyler Jones. As I well, bet Tyler I guess. Jones
3: would have flourished with the with with uh, probably the, be- the, the a little bit better offensive line that we carry now. So
4: with this current team, I mean, I think he have a lot more
3: weapons than he did back then. That's for sure. Texas State football. Keenan Brown is the only weapon you really need, though, right?
2: If they would freaking use him, we're about to get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas wow. State, another NFL player on that team, real quick. Jalen Richard for the Witt Raiders. Oh yeah, so he, he was used on that yeah. Southern
4: Miss too, team too. And he's placed with Oakland. That's kind of turning into the new <laughs> Cleveland, I guess.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> they just they just
4: everything falls to uh, falls to oh crap it's, it's funny the one win was over cleveland yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh texas state will be taking on georgia state tomorrow at it's a midday game one o'clock um they have a couple of these midday games coming up next week they play appalachian state at three troy at 230 and then arkansas state at three so they're done playing no prime more time. night games yeah uh they will be on the road at georgia state stadium down there in atlanta georgia um Winnable game, Georgia State comes in at 2-6 and six as well. Uh, what are your expectations for that game?
3: It's going to be a tight, tightly contested game. It's going to be a low-scoring game like we have seen the past probably three games. Um, I actually thought that New Mexico State game was going to run up a check, if you know what I mean. It's just, <laughs> just going to like, be more high-scoring uh, than it was. It, yeah, I thought it was going to be at least 40 from the teams. Uh, like, the lowest-scoring team had 40. This Georgia State game, though, on the other hand, I believe – I'm just gonna do a final score of Georgia State wins it, 21 to 12.
2: Oh, I don't so know. How do we get the two? <laughs> four field goals, right? So four, four field
3: goals or a safety, yeah, one of the two.
4: We could run another uh, quarterback draw to own two again and
3: get that safety.
0: Yeah.
2: Touchdown, missed extra point. I'm not pulling that past the Bobcats at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Two two missed extra points. <laughs> That's
0: very. We'll see what we do. Yeah. We're not giving Clayton Stewart much
3: credit right now. Well, I mean, funny thing.' He's I wanna no throw, Adam I, I want to throw this out
4: there. We've been working on a project Peyton and I have right now interviewing students in the quad, and uh, we one of our questions was, we were trying to figure out how much like the general student knows. one of our questions was, um, if you can name a player on the team, who?" Like which player can you name? Somebody named a kicker. Uh, so we asked, like, we had asked like twenty people, and no and one had given nobody anything. had. And the answer first anything. answer we got was senior J- kicker James Sherman, who's the backup kicker. <laughs> we Texas didn't even State. have the quarterback named <laughs> one it, time. It, not until like the very end of the day. Like we'd been out there for like good two hours, and, and not till like the end.
3: Well, I did have that one guy yesterday who knew like three different people. Who knew Bilo He knew Willie Jones. He knew Vit's last name. Didn't then, know his first, name. He his first name, and then he knew Hutch White because you know everybody, he's from quarterback. So well, uh, <laughs> <Huch> <laughs> quarterback. If, if you look at Texas history,
2: if you had just said the name either Jones or Tyler, you would have at least got someone on the team right like, over yeah, the, we'll pa- over the past over the past ten one. years. There's always yeah, been a Jones or a Tyler on the team. <laughs> I feel like that's
4: such a generic name. Like every team has to have at least a Jones or a Tyler.
3: If they don't, they're so not do, a team. But
4: do we not have a Smith? Because that's like the most common Jones. name in like, history. Uh, I'm gonna do some m- some of my own <laughs> in-depth research here pretty quick.
3: Yeah, Willie Smith Jones the third, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> not a thing. It's <laughs> Willie. Anyway, okay, so lo- look at, at this. I think we have a Smith, a linebacker. Y- while you do that, look at this: Texas State, Georgia State, both two and six. Uh, Georgia State has, has lost three in a row. But I was saying on Bobcat Radio earlier. Yeah, there it is.
4: Year, oh, we're idiots. Anthony Smith.
3: Oh, we are dumb. <laughs> he,
2: he went to my hometown. I forgot about him. <laughs>
4: Jalen Smith. <laughs> <Nah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have
4: a couple Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We have a Dunahoo,
2: Mitchell Dunahoo. He's a freshman linebacker from Belton. So Georgia State in their Jackarius last Smith. Georgia State. The last three games, they have given up about forty-two points a game, and those are all conference games. They give up thirty-one, fifty-one, or 37. 37.
4: Jaden Smith.
2: It's, it's like a, he's like still a going down the between list. Between finding over all here. the Smiths. Uh, in the last That's six it. games, they've given up about forty-three points a game, so their defense not good, and our offense also not good. So, so, it's going it's to be interesting to see which one wins that bat. Sounds like a nice dance. So, you're 21
4: <laughs> to 12, probably kind of accurate. I'm just saying.
2: Because Georgia State doesn't necessarily score a lot of points. They average about 25 points a game. Oh. Tech State averages about 22. But Georgia State gives up 36.6 a game, while the Bobcats give up 27.3. Uh, Georgia State does get more yards uh, so you're total rushing passing.
4: A, so, you're saying there's a chance? I is, think there could be a chance. Is that what you're saying?
2: You know what's going to happen in this game? I'll put the, the, the prediction out for it. Do there's going to be a defensive touchdown by the Bobcats. Yo, seen, I am so down. We haven't seen one of those in a while. We saw two in the first two games of the season, Rutgers and Texas Southern. I'm
3: saying 13. Defensive touchdowns? Oh. <laughs> no, no. 13 to 21. <laughs> 13 oh, we make 21? an extra point a now? A defensive touchdown and then two field goals. That's what we get. Okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> they both go, okay. <laughs> okay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. okay. I mean, I'll take a defensive touchdown. I'm all for it. I think yeah. That, I mean, we've done it before, so.
2: H- have we gotten word on VIT, or is it still presumed Billy Jones is starting? I
4: don't think we know.
2: I'd have to go back to the press it's conference. One we day. never know. Th- that's Withers' thing. He's keeping
3: secret. You just gotta it's wait until you show up to the game and see which uh, uniforms out if there. If I had
2: to put money on it right now, I would think Jones starts. I would think yeah. Jones starts. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm
4: all for the what? Are, what were you calling it? Uh, let's go ahead. Oh, the off Peyton, Peyton, let's do this whole introduction. Let me okay, make this, okay, okay. This is, this okay. is a. This Here we is go. A, so. Uh, you have two quarterbacks, so let's introduce. Let's. Yes. Say, I'm gonna. I'm gonna set up the setting, and then you're gonna bring it home. Yes, bring it home. So you have the two quarterbacks, Tyler Vitt, who's a, probably a better passer, but he can run a little bit, indubitably. And then you have WJ3, who has a name that sounds like someone who should be running all over people. Yes, not just because of RG3. Obviously RG3. <laughs> but so you have Willie Jones, who's uh, explosive with the ball. Anybody
3: who has a three in their name can run fast. Can
4: run hella fast. Hella fast. So fast. So you put those two. Uh, the conflict is Peyton, Brendan and I have been butting heads. Who Willie Jones should start? Tyler Vitt should start all summer long, all year long. And then you brought up this this
3: this just just beautiful idea. It's called the sawed off, the sawed off formation. So you gotta call. You got. It's got two names. I like both names. Okay. Okay. So I called it uh, the double barrel. Or the double shoddy. Oh, the double that. shoddy was the, the double first shoddy. One, yes. The <laughs> double shoddy, or I later called it the sawed off, which. Basically is just having a shotgun formation and instead of a running back next to you, you have two quarterbacks and you could have a running back right behind in the backfield, kind of like a pistol, like a mini pistol or a long pistol. I don't know, but um, (laughs) two wide outs and uh, Keenan Brown at tight end.
4: Why not put Keenan Brown in the back? Let's put everybody in the backfield.
3: Yeah, okay, so we're going to so have, have two quarterbacks on the field. We're going to have two wide receivers behind the quarterbacks, and then we're going to have one running back behind the wide receivers, <laughs> and then Keenan Brown's in the way, way backfield just in case we have a fumble and we need him but we just need to throw it so, to so him. So we just always come out with victory no, formation? Yes, <laughs> yeah. we're just going <laughs> to pitch it the whole time. But
4: but like being being realistic, though, you put those two guys in the backfield. The way you worded it earlier, you said what? You I,
3: said, I said one... Uh, one can throw a very good run, all right. The other one can run very good and throw all right. So, whoever you give it to is ultimately should make a good play, <laughs>
4: <laughs> ideally. <laughs> and, yeah, before, the pl- so before you're canceling out the downsides. Vic
3: gets it right here, and Willie Jones just comes up to him right in his ear like, okay, you need to throw it over there. <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: the way you should do it is it should be a center option. The center has the option of who to snap the ball the, to. He, the center like, chooses. Yes. He like, Don't he's, we have a softball center, the, though?
4: So Jacob Rowland, the center, he's the real guy behind the – or it Aaron Brewer – Whoever's playing yeah, center, area. they're the real because they have to choose. Okay, do we want to run it here and give it to Willie? <laughs> it's, it's also pure reaction.
3: It's pure reaction for Vitt and Willie. Thing is, a defense has never seen a double quarterback offense before. I, I don't know if that how true that is. Uh, not like this. I mean, I mean not you've, like you've this. had it where you've had
4: a quarterback in the backfield and went out wide before. Yeah.
3: Whoa, but I'm not talking about like you go out and this is your formation.
4: Double barrel quarterback formation. Double
3: barrel quarterback formation. People are like, whoa. <laughs> I think I think we just woke people. Like it it, it it's I'm just got real. We're about to see Carson, Wing, Carson Wentz Carson wins Nick Foles out there t- <laughs> on Sunday. They'd be like, "Hey, that's a great idea." Yeah, the Eagles are low key listening in. Like, wow, we should have thought of that years ago.
4: Someone give these guys
3: money. That's how you have the good quarterback and the record t- tying quarterback to play on the same field. So,
2: I don't know. It's just a thought. I mean, I, I'm for it. Uh, anything to get the Texas State offense jump started. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> let's do I, it. Look, we're running. We're What's running over 20 quarterback draws
3: a game. Sometimes I think <laughs> we can have at least two quarterbacks out there just to minimize that. Because Willie Jones takes off and he's like, "Oh snap, flea flicker!" You know, just yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no problem. So
2: improvise. You just give your quarterbacks it, room for improvisation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You or you could play, have
3: Hutch White next to the quarterback.
2: <laughs> you basically playing backyard football. We play.
3: Yeah. You know what? Uh, L- look. We are two and six. Hold on. We don't have a chance of making a bowl game. We do. Okay, we, we <laughs> gotta out. win out. We gotta win out against a number a recently number twenty-five Appalachian State and a Troy team that sh- probably should be ranked at some point in the next couple years. But and I guess you know we do have Arkansas State at the end, sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> 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 so it has to be a big game, right?
4: Um I mean not gonna mention what Appalachian State's Sponsor us?
3: Oh, oh Bu- Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy responsibly? Not a sponsor. That's weird.
4: Not a sponsor. What do you mean? They don't sponsor the show.
3: No, no, none of them sponsors the show. The <laughs> only people have, that sponsor the show to have are sponsors. the Hondo Owls. <laughs> and Brendan's fan club. So um
2: <laughs> Brendan's apparently wet now. If you know, if you catch that reference, we can't believe you say that. Follow, <laughs> follow my Twitter. You'll get the contacts at Beast ninety seven.
4: This shows off the rails, but yeah. So you look at that game. Uh, let's let go and We're gonna do a. We're gonna do something later in the show that's relevant to this. But let's go ahead and get everybody's picks. Texas State, Georgia State. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of sticking with the low scoring. I think it's gonna be similar to New Mexico State. I think it could be. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and predict a Bobcat win. I'm going to go 28-21. 28-26. 20, okay. Bobcats win.
2: Ooh, Bobcats 28-26. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we moved the ball a little bit. You think we score some four momentum, more touchdowns?
4: F- some momentum from last week, yeah. De- there's going to be at least one defensive touchdown in
3: there, though. Okay.
4: Brian Lennon's going to, like, pick up the quarterback and carry him in the end zone. And I just <laughs> I, and I, I
3: looked style. at the statistics for that last game against New Mexico State, and I, I was showing y'all just, like, before the Bobcat radio, They weren't as good as they probably should have been, you know. New Mexico State still had more total yards, had more first downs, had more time possession. I'm not saying that, you know, that's what those three things take to win a game. You know, obviously not. We've seen Aaron Rodgers just have, like, three minutes time possession and have, like, four touchdowns. But um, ultimately, that was a team that we kind of should have manhandled a little bit, you know, and kind of should have had – not necessarily like we should have definitely been scouting that game a little bit better. They had an opportunity to for like let us force one error, and that game would have been a totally different story. So, um, so you're uh, basically saying that we should have won by more. We should have won by more, and we should have been a better. We should have managed that game better.
4: See, I think you're putting Texas on too high of a pedestal. I think this is just <laughs> this, <laughs> this is just kind of where we're at.
2: Yeah, we don't even manhandle FCS teams. I know, but I'm <laughs> not going to manhandle an FBS team. Look,
3: well, well goodness. When you, when you see goodness a defense, me. when
2: you see a defense
3: play the way they did against ULM and Georgia Southern, you're just thinking maybe there is a maybe there's another level to their game. And then you see them play New Mexico at homecoming and you're like maybe not. I mean that
4: that's kind of <laughs> what I'm getting. At. It's just, just it's just who they are. And as as much as we want them to be this team that should be beating teams that we've never heard of before i mean you just you it's just, just it's who we are i mean you just don't run quarterback drills in you your own end zone. if you can't <clears> find <throat> a cupcake on your schedule you're the cupcake and i think that's the epitome <laughs> of the bobcats this season <laughs> so uh moving on to some i actually want to talk about tech state baseball real quick we had a fantastic interview with ty harrington on bobcat radio wednesday and i, I don't know I, I thought it'd be fun to include some of the highlights from that in today's episode so let's go ahead and jump to that real quick here is Myself and Ethan Hunt interviewing Coach Ty Harrington on Bobcat Radio. Just the highlights of it. It was a great, great discussion. Uh, we have the man.
0: We have the man, Coach Ty
4: him. Harrington. Welcome, Coach. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
1: Well, I was glad, I'm glad to be with you guys.
4: So uh, I, I spent a lot of time at the ballpark last year. I saw a lot of you guys, a lot of your guys' games. Uh, and, and the thing that kind of stood out to me the most going into this season. It obviously, looking offensively, you're going to have to replace a lot of bats. You mean Dylan yeah. Paul, Derek Scheibel, of course, the obvious ones, Luke Shirley and J.O. Um, you also have a lot of newcomers. Who are going to be some of those guys that Bobcat fans can expect to see step up into those roles?
1: Well, the time's going to tell a lot of that. Um, and you're you're right. I mean, that's a lot of offensive guys to lose off one team. Um, and, and also a lot of defensive guys to lose. I mean, it's rare in college baseball where you have a shortstop second base combination that plays together for 3 years that, that just doesn't happen very often and we were very fortunate with those two guys and so we're we're spending some time uh working on that right now and you know I'll start everybody wants to talk offense first but the defensive side of trying to replace the middle uh is uh, what we're challenged with right now and and really truly we uh Dalton Sheffield um uh, has, has moved in from left field to shortstop you know originally he came to us as a shortstop uh, behind Luke, and you know, because we thought we might lose Luke as a junior. Um, and then Jackson Williams, a transfer, and uh, we've also moved Jalen Hubbard over and, and Riley King So those four guys are, are somewhere in the middle, uh, trying to, you know, sew up the, the middle part of our field, which is so critical and being able to play great defense. And so, uh, kind of answers moved over to third base as a, as a possible guy, and, and, um, and right now we're having to work with, uh, coffee and, and phasing at first base because uh, Newman's out with an injury and won't be back till springtime. And so um, a lot of that. And now, if you flip that and you say, OK, now how do I replace the offense? Well, those defensively, those middle guys are going to have to be those offensive replacements for those guys. And then also when you go to the outfield, we lost a lot of it, as you guys uh, mentioned. And so uh, right now we've got a great battle between Jacob Almanderas and Chase Evans in center field. And uh, John Wethridge and uh, and uh, Scholar Valentine transfer who set out last year and then uh, uh, Will Hollis and so and left us so there's a lot of guys that are names that you guys are I just probably saying, you guys are like what and uh, and so we're, mm-hmm. we're we're excited about um, you know the potential of what these guys can become um, we're not caught up right now um, we're we're trying to hustle these next two and a half weeks of our team fall. Um, because we, we missed the first part, you know, trying to get this beautiful new carpet put down uh, on the stadium, which if you guys haven't been out there, you need to come see it.
4: Uh, you mentioned Skylar Valentine. He's an interesting guy. He played he played a couple years at UTSA, put up some decent numbers, was 11 home runs over three years. Um, and, and you mentioned you lost some veteran leadership. The guy who's played a lot of college baseball at the D1 level, what is Skylar going to bring to your club?
1: Well, I hope a lot. You, you, you're correct, and you, you kind of answered the question with your statement um in a sense that you know he has played a lot of college baseball and, and was a part of another division one program for three years and um you know was uh, did hit some homers actually hit one of them against us um and oh really so, <laughs> yeah so you hope that that leadership and and you hope that he's you know he's probably got a little bit of a tip on his shoulder right now right With a little something to prove and uh so all those things can play into um and, you know having a great year and we really needed to because like you guys mentioned at the beginning we, we lost a lot of offense
0: hey coach this is ethan hunt here how you doing
1: i'm great ethan how are you
0: i'm doing good okay so i got two questions for you the first it is a halloween are you in a costume right now
1: i don't know if you would call my workout gear a costume <laughs> so it's got sweat on it so people may think that it is a, a costume right now and for halloween but uh the answer to what will probably be the next question i have uh younger kids too and we do halloween's a big night for us um i'm just not a big costume fan <laughs> he dresses <laughs> as a coach that's I'm, all he needs yeah he does, he's a coach yeah, yeah. right and so like i said some people question whether that's my real uniform or a costume so uh for today we're gonna leave it as a costume all
0: right and then i got one more question for you yes sir. i have a I have to admit something. I'm not a huge baseball mm-hmm. guy. I don't know a lot about okay. baseball. But, you know, of course, going out there and supporting Texas State is always a big thing uh here at the right. school, going to support the you guys and the baseball team. What's what's something about the game atmosphere? What's something about the game that that fans should should go for that that uh, appeals to fans?
1: You know you know what I, I I'll say this. I think there are times when um you know, it's hard to go find a game where your University of Texas is involved, right? Or there's, it's hard to go find a game that a and M's is going to be here or the, those types of teams are going to be here on our campus. Um, so teams that our fans would recognize, right, our students would recognize. Um, second thing, I think when you get into that stadium and you start to watch the game – uh, there are moments that the atmosphere in there is so energizing uh, and so much fun, and 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 the game is intense. And, and you, regardless if you're a baseball fan, you get caught up in the music, you get caught up in the moment of, hey, we're about to win, and and it's really crazy loud in there. Um, and so you, you know from that perspective, and then hey man, just the idea of, of getting out there rooting for Texas State, you know, and, and something, and you know to be we be playing dominoes, and once in a while. Um, you get in there, you get, you know, your pride will take over, right, and uh, and make you want to cheer for it. And so uh, there's a lot of things. And, and, and I'm telling you right now, not that our, our ballpark wasn't beautiful to begin with, but when you walk in there right now with that new turf uh, and just how clean it looks and how pretty it looks, and uh, it's been a, a tremendous addition for us. And so when you get in there, it's overall an unbelievable fan experience. It really is. And, uh, and again, more times than not, you're going to be teams that uh, most people are going to recognize.
4: Coach, you mentioned the new turf, and I mean, there's always an adjustment period, right, when you go from playing on grass your entire career to playing on turf. Uh, especially just from year to year, how are you guys adjusting to the new the new surface?
1: Well, we have good days and bad days. days <laughs> you come out there and I'm, I'll tell you, it's been fantastic. We're doing a great job adjusting it, and there's days that we haven't. Uh, it's an ongoing, so the answer is it's an ongoing process. We have not uh, completely adjusted to it yet, uh, and nor has the turf settled yet. I mean, there's a lot of to it that are going to change and, and uh, that we'll, we'll have to spend some time getting adjusted to and, and acclimated to as we go along. But, man, it sure is pretty, and it's been a lot of fun to, to, to play on.
4: All right, Coach, going back to your team, going back to your squad, we talked about the offense. I want to focus on maybe, uh, and, and something that's been rare for you guys the past few years, we're moving back to a unit that you can kind of rely on this year is that pitching staff. You have the front, lo- the front guys in your rotation set. You have Nicholas Fraze and Connor Reich and um, obviously we know a lot about those guys, and I'm going to ask you about phrase here in a minute, but who are some yep. of these other pitchers that we're going to expect to see outside of Reich and phrase
1: Well, you're correct, and, your, you know, if we stay healthy, um, we have a chance to probably return as much depth on the mound and or experience on the mound as we've had in a long time. Um, you know, with, like you mentioned, phrase and, and Connor Reich, and, uh, you know, Zach Lee was a, a weekend starter for us all year, and boy, if I admit, Mid-season last year, he really started to turn the corner. You're talking about a kid that was a, a center fielder all through his career until uh, he got here. Um, and then, of course, you know, Terrio and Pagano and Brandon Lewis, and, and uh, those guys have have eaten up a lot of innings and thrown a lot for Texas State. And then, um, uh, you know, a couple of newcomers, and uh, Herman and uh, uh, McMahon, has been uh, a wild card for us. We knew he had a good arm, but he's really – come to life this fall and, and starting to run his velo up to, you know, up to 92 to 95 miles an hour. And uh, really? it's been a great addition. Yeah. And so, and look, there's a, there's a, a lot of new guys, a, a lot of freshmen that are, are trying to find their way. Um, I know it might be hard for you guys to remember, but you know, your freshman year was an adjustment too, right? And uh, Absolutely. Trying, to, trying to. I wasn't I playing mine, any kind of sports. <laughs> yeah. I just I know mine was an adjustment. And so, um, and so there, there's a lot of guys that, we in our bullpen last year, too, and uh, they're thrown some good things. You know, Pagano and uh, Ontario have been really good this fall also, and Boy uh, Brandon Lewis, is, we've made a little bit of an arm adjustment uh, angle with him, and uh, he has been really, really you know, fun to watch this fall, too. So there's a lot of experience coming back. I think if there was a strength that you would say today, um, not tomorrow, but today, And that's with everybody healthy and everybody out there, man. Our pitching has has been a strength for us so far this fall. You know, against Lamar in a a scrimmage game, I think we struck out in a 16 inning or scrimmage. We struck out 20 of their guys and only walked six. um, Against uh, Northeast Community College or Junior College, actually, I used to coach years ago, Um, we, uh, I think, we struck out 12 and only walked two uh, in 12 innings. And uh, and so there's, you know, there's some good arms out there, and you go out there and sit behind home plate, and you're going to see, you know, several guys anywhere from 90 to 95. Uh,
4: and, and sticking with the pitching staff, obviously the ace of that staff last year was Fraze. Even as a freshman, yep. he was kind of one of your guys you can rely on. He's a big, tall guy. It seems like he's filled out year by year. Uh, he definitely improved from his freshman year to his sophomore year. What kind of improvements can we expect to see from the big righty going into his junior year?
1: Well, I hope a lot. You know, physically he's um, – you know, we had some issues last year um, where we had to sit him for about two weeks, three weeks, and uh, part of it is because he hasn't physically developed. Um, a Part of the issue and injury he had was, you know, underdeveloped body, and so hopefully that's been a, something he's working on, and that needs to be a, a strength of his. I think if there's a pitch – uh, part of what he's trying to become uh, is it, uh, to develop his, his change up and be able to use it, you know, sometimes to get through a lineup three times and into the fourth time, which gets you into the seventh uh, inning. Um, you got to have three pitches. You can't go after a guy with the same thing over and over and over in the middle of somebody's lineup. Um, and so his change up development is something that's going to be important over the next couple of weeks. But I, I'd like to think that that's something he spent some time on. All
0: right,
4: coach. And then, unless Ethan has another one for you, do you, Ethan?
0: Yeah, yeah, I got one more for you, coach. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, baseball consistency is one of the most important parts of baseball, uh, especially when you got you know four or five games. You know, during a week, you can drop four games and your your record something different. But right. so, what's one of the biggest things building t- team chemistry with your guys? You know, what's what's something you really, you know, hammer home in the locker room, or, or you know, really want? Your your guys to be doing with each other to to build that type of team chemistry.
1: You know the, the weight room is a uh, a great place because you get in there and you you're not under a ton of stress, uh, meaning you're not under a lot of pressure. But you you get in there and and um, you start sweating and, and it's intense and it's hard and it's you know demanding. Um, it's not result oriented all the time and uh, so it's an opportunity to to do that. Um, I think also, um, you know, you, you, we ask our guys. There's, there's not everybody on a team that are going to be best friends. But what you have to try to, to, to discover is, is that you are a teammate, and that is important. Um, and it's a rarity in life that they'll ever cross this type of bridge again, where they have this group of people, or or, or 35 or 40 of the guys that um, not only you know rely on uh, them, but will be there in different moments of their life. Trying to preach them that, that that road comes back. You know, I had a a uh, return. I mean, a uh, a kid that was with Jared Huber, who caught for us for four years, showed up the other day at practice, and he was down in the dugout. And I made a comment to the team afterwards. I said that kid would love to be back in that dugout. That would mean so much for that guy to be just in that, you know, that that place that you don't not many people get to go and be a part of. And um and so we try to make it as special form as we can, in the hopes that they start to appreciate and understand really what moment this is in their life.
4: Man, speaking about consistency, Jared Hubert is a perfect example of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so the final question for you, Coach, and then we'll let you go. Um, obviously, the community always expects you guys to be competitive and, and, and you know compete at the Sun Belt level, but what are some of y'all's expectations as a team and as a coach for this team going into the season?
1: Well, like any time, man, we want to line up and try to win a championship. Um, and, you know, we we've... We've had success before. The Sun Belt, uh, you know, baseball-wise, is a tremendous conference. Hey, man, we, you know, Alabama wins national titles in football, right? Well, Coastal Carolina won a national title in our conference. Um, and so it, it is a conference that is incredibly tough. They don't mess around. You start looking at facilities and resources and competitiveness and schedules. Um, and so – you know, our goal every year is to line up and try to win a championship. This year won't be any different. And uh, and we certainly are, are going to chase that and, and work towards that and, and have expectations for things like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, you guys have, have, have seen our non-conference schedule. It's uh, this year might be, I keep saying one year is harder than the other. This might go down as probably the hardest one we've ever had or challenge that we've ever had. And then uh, we get an opportunity to to also go to Minute Maid this year and play in the Texas Classic. Oh, I forgot and, about uh, that. For very, that's
4: got to be a, that's going to be a lot time. of fun.
1: Sure it is, and uh, you know there'll be fifteen twenty thousand people at those games, and so uh, that's going to be exciting for us. And uh, and so look, we our expectations are to win championships. Our expectations are to make our student body and our our, our university proud of what we do, um, and so we got to go. You know, try to make those kinds of things happen.
4: All right, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time. We had a blast
1: with you. Guys, you guys are always welcome to come out and watch practice now. Come out there and look at that new turf. If you guys ever get the – you want to come out there and try to take some live BP, I'll make sure we get that set up. No, I, right. haven't, I haven't we'll swung a bat
4: in two years or so, but I could well, probably pull it off.
1: Per- that's perfect timing then. You guys need to come on out there and just give me a heads up ahead of time and we'll get it set up.
4: Oh, let's do it. I am I am all for this. <laughs> all
1: right, guys. All
4: right, Coach, you take care.
1: All right, best of luck.
4: So hear that, guys? We have permission to go to a baseball practice and take so just hit some shotties, like deep left. I'm going to go oppo. Uh, Brendan, are you down?
3: Uh, I suck Reed, at baseball, but I'm down.
2: Reed, who do you think you are? are you dude, he I, said, dude, I'm going to take Reed, some shotties, Reed, Reed hit a, I'm a deep hit some dingers. left. Reed to, I'm going to come out here and hit the ball wherever I want to. <laughs> I'm going to hit dingers. Wait, are you going to have a pitcher? What? It, it, no, BP, dude. It'll probably be like a coach just lobbing it to you.
3: Oh, okay. I'm gonna just go yard. Uh, I thought you said BP like beer pong. You can go play beer pong with the with the no. baseball team. This is a this is a that's uh, fresh. This
4: is a kid friendly sh-
3: podcast. Kid friendly. Kid podcast. friendly. Kid yeah, friendly. they have they have beer pong in PG movies <laughs> with water in the cups. You, they had it in Hoodwinked.
2: It's called pong. It's called <laughs> <laughs> water No, pong. I, I,
4: I I I'm just gonna swing as hard as I possibly can at everything. Oh, mean, okay.
2: Yeah, you heard me. After I if I go out there and after about. Five hacks where I embarrass myself, not even getting near the ball. Lay down the bunt, take off the first. No <laughs> one's covering. I'm safe. No. Well, I mean, my
4: thinking like my thinking is, He's I, got I, I played high school baseball. I feel like uh, if it's just BP, like just a just a coach, I should be able to put some shots in. I'm, I don't mean if Nick Frays up there, I'm gonna like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm but just gonna put, choke no, up. I'm gonna take good, the hit. Put, <laughs> put my heels on the edge of the box. <laughs> I'm Just gonna lean over, lean in a little bit, and yeah. I mean, apparently he's been developing a changeup. I, I ain't messing with that. So, I, I, there's a reason I sit behind the screen. i have never been good enough at baseball to take that on.
3: But I uh, played when I was a little kid, and I got hit in the head by a ball.
4: <laughs> Since then, you've been like, no, yeah, I I, but it wasn't. I didn't just get
3: hit in the head by like a ball from a kid throwing it. For some reason, they like they, they, they took the pitcher out halfway, like in in the game, and put out one of those pitching machines and so i'm the first person to go up on this pitching machine right well they didn't even test it they just fire the ball out <laughs> way way ball and just comes and just yanks me in the head last time i ever played baseball it was awful we just
4: learned a lot it, it was just a, it, it explains a lot. a lot of dots just got connected
3: i mean that was sixth grade year yeah <laughs> you said
4: when you <laughs> were sure a kid, was. i mean i guess that's how old are you in sixth grade like 12 Something like that, something around that
3: age. Well, okay, you're not quite able to play middle school sports because you're in sixth grade. Yeah, but you're not able to play like the farm. Wait, farm? Not farm league, but you know, like the younger league of baseball. Should <laughs> <Sure laughs> let you sit here and suffer. you well, <laughs> dude? I'm dying over here. Someone, <laughs> throw, throw me a life so
4: raft. I mean, <laughs> like realistically, though, if if uh, Harrington, Coach Harrington, he's a great dude. If he if he honestly lets us out there. Let's a bunch of us fools go put some, put some some pine tar on the hands and take some cuts. How do you That's expect that going? What the heck is pine all, tar? You don't even know what pine tar is? I told you I'm not a baseball guy. <laughs> so pine tar is like you, you rub it on the handle of the bat so the bat doesn't fly out of your hand. Is hands. it like the
3: stuff you put on your your hands before you go do uh, gymnastics?
2: I mean, they use paint, like, paint like you can chalk. Can you, you play chalk? basketball, right? Yeah, bit, you ever like step on your, your shoes? Step on the sticky stuff. Oh yeah, so yeah. So you don't. Yeah, so it's like that court. for your hands. Yeah, similar. Oh
3: okay, similar. Very good. And then
4: you see it all the time, like in baseball. If you ever watched a baseball clip, and the dudes he hit, he like touches his helmet, and then the helmets like like there's brown stuff on it. Oh, that's from Puck. Okay. So they put it on their, and they put it on their um on their bat. And then they'll, like, readjust their helmet a lot so then their helmet will get all dirty. <laughs> yeah. Or a lot of times they just put it on the <laughs> so helmet. So they don't have, like, blisters like or to anything be cool. on their hands, right? And it's more so they have a good grip of the good grip of the oh, bat, okay. specifically with wooden bats.
3: Riddle me this. Why does college use aluminum bats and then majors and pros use wooden bats?
2: Always bothered me. I you mean, know what I'm saying? T- I actually can't tell you why, but it's always bothered me. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I because know, I, I feel
3: like aluminum bats, you can hit it farther, you no? Know? For uh, you, for sure, can I mean? But so also, it hurts way more when you hit a ball with an aluminum back, No,
2: that's minor stuff. Uh, yeah, like, you mean, know, like it, you know, like the when you're playing. It, well, I mean, at yeah, it level. don't it
3: don't really matter, yeah. But
2: I don't know. It yeah, that's a good question.
4: I I don't, I don't really know I kind of like know, the sound of a metal bat. To.
2: I'm not gonna lie, but they they gotta do it both. They should both be the same. So either MLB in college be wood, or. Can you imagine and
4: aluminum into the
2: MLB? Can you I don't know about Aaron that. Aaron Judge
4: an aluminum bat. Oh gosh, how strong that you Or is? one of
3: those ones that have like a like a like an increased sized uh, head, I guess you could say barrel, barrel, <laughs> barrel yeah. of the bat, yeah, the barrel. Um, oh, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> look, you're, you're killing me, Smalls. Okay, uh, yeah, you know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> anyway, Aaron Judge should play cricket. This okay. started with the interview with Harrington, and now we're just. Yeah, yeah. trying to get to
2: my. You asked me what that would look like if we went out there. Uh, first of all, it'd be some great content for KTW. Hope we do that. Get some video. We'd love stuff to like do that. It'd be great.
3: Uh, I'll take a hit in the head for it. Keep an eye out for that
4: coming up. Maybe hopefully, it'd be a lot of
2: fun. It could be a little write off some of us. Go out there, get to play some BP. Uh, hang out with the team. Hang out with the. Coaches. Maybe maybe
4: in in a month's time, one of us will be DHing.
2: You, you never know.
4: We'll go out there and just.
2: They yeah, they could
4: always use an extra bat. I mean, yeah, I mean, they lost a lot of bats.
2: Hey,
3: I'm 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 pretty quick. I can't hit, but I, I'm. Just get you on base. Pretty quick. Yeah, just get me on base, and I'll be good.
4: I'm pretty sure you're not as fast as yeah. Almendares, but.
3: Absolutely not. <laughs>
4: Almendares is pretty quick. Uh, moving yeah, on yeah, to yeah, ex- yeah. Let's get Peyton on a new topic. Let's yeah, get- let's move on to some Texas. Yeah, Day. I'm just going to keep going on. talk about to some basketball. Field. Okay, here we go. Texas State basketball. They start next Friday at home against Air Force. We're talking men's basketball right now. I want to touch a little bit on women's basketball as well because there's something I want to talk about. Um,. What do you think about this team going into this year? You're, Nigel Pearson's a junior now. Um, Alex Peacock's back. Eric Terry's back. Netch has gone. Uh, we don't know the status of Marlon Davis right now. I don't know what his his status is. We, um, Trey Nottingham's a senior now. When you come into this season, what are your expectations? We know defensively they're going to be solid. They always are. Just with Coach Casper as the head coach, how much improvement can we expect to see from the offense?
1: Uh,
2: we were talking about it early in basketball radio. I think we're going to see you know, a good amount of improvement because that's what you have to do to keep up. Basketball yeah. is always a all sports really, but it's a rapidly changing sport, and you got to keep up with the guy with what the person across from you's doing. And right now, basketball is a light up the scoreboard game. You get as many points as absolutely you get as many points on the board as you can. and Just challenge the other team to try to outscore you. Don't I, you don't know how to play them defensively? Just out them offensively.
3: I really think that's coming just like the past five years. Uh, that whole mindset of just running up like i sort of said earlier running up a check on your opponent
4: you just like that you like that term don't you yeah uh
3: i really do like You're that proud term. of it yeah it's it's a good one because when you think of a check you think of a lot of a lot of numbers and yeah and, and regardless going back to what it what it really <laughs> do uh, <laughs> uh my think with this team was last year i i looked at the stats i went to i went to quite a few games actually not being on the sports staff and just going as a fan I really liked the team. I I really had no problem with it, except for the fact that they couldn't ever put the ball in the basket when they needed to. Like, they could stay within games. They could stay within uh, points. They They, they played phenomenal defense, but when they need, and I'm not saying, like, yes, clutch shots are something that, you know, you have to have certain players for, you have to be ready for, you have to, I mean, you know, they're not always going to fall because they are clutch shots, but... They didn't make any clutch shots. They, and that's really what the what the game of basketball boils down to is the fact that it's going to be a close game up until the end. You know, because the the old uh, the old saying of basketball is, um, it's really only a, what a four minute game. It only boils down to the last four minutes. I, uh, I mean, if it's a close game. I mean, if it's a close game. Uh, I mean, you're what? not playing the Golden State Warriors out there, so you're okay. But. I what I like about this team this year is I do see more of those shooters and Reed was touching on this earlier. There are more of those people that I think Casper has gone out to find that hopefully they can make that impact on the board while his like his veteran players like Pearson, Peacock, all those good ones can make
2: an like an effort on that defensive uh, side. So, I'll touch on it. you said they how they, they were in all those games last year. Mm-hmm. You, you want to see how close these games were? So they went on a nine-game losing streak in conference late in the year last season. These are some of the, the games. They lose to Georgia State by four, lose to Coastal Carolina in overtime by two, lose to Appalachian State by three, lose to UTA in overtime by two. Uh, then you had a, little, a couple of lopsided games. Then you lose to Georgia Southern by four, lose to UTA again by three. Those were, I just named one, two, three, four, four. five, six games within four points
4: yeah so do you think that they have enough offense now to get over that hump i mean you've you've lost Emmanuel king you've uh tyler blunt's D- gone and he tyler was a off the win. bench score so i don't know we'll see what happens this year i think trey nottingham co- coming in this year as a part of the offense all the way instead of a guy that
3: kind of emerges late could make a big big impact Um he was he was um, like coming off the bench to help them bring like help them come back in games and I don't think it's a very effective game. He was the number
4: two guard and then when Marlon Davis went down Mm -hmm. he became the number one and 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 at times he was one of the better scorers on the team and other times he was he was just gone. So uh we will keep it that'll be something to follow this year. Alex Peacock's kind of that similar similar story. He he started every game and, and some nights he would come in and he would drop fifteen to eighteen and give you what you need. And other nights, you, he would barely show up on the stat line. So it would be see a, interesting to see if he's able to build Morgan consistency a senior year. Consistency is a big consistency thing consistency is basketball is team. the common theme with the Bobcats. It's what they struggled with a year ago. It, it we'll see how. Seems like every player on the team was riddled with some kind of consistency issue. and I don't know how you go about addressing that as an, as a coach offensively. Maybe it's just the offense as a whole is causing a lot of players to struggle to consistently put up points.
3: Uh. I think we'll see a lot more attendance at this at this year from what we've seen from football.
4: With a new, or, new arena, too.
3: New arena, but with football, I mean, you know, football got close, but we 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 know that last year they got blown out a little bit. Um, and then this year they're making their kind of – they've been close in games. They've been really close. They've been within a touchdown with most of these games. Basketball is kind of the same way, except I feel like they're one year ahead. Last year was their closeness games. This year is their – time, I think they're going to go about even in the conference. Uh, the 500 season, be yeah, uh, be about 500. Maybe we can we can slip into the fourth or fifth seed going into tourney play uh when it comes down well, to it.
2: Something I think we're kind of forgetting about. I haven't I haven't dug too much deep into what the other teams in the conference going to look like this year, but I can tell you this: Lafayette's not going to be the same because they had five, what four seniors last year starting, mm-hmm. and that's why they're the best team in the conference. They're gone. Uh, Kevin Hervey at UTA, he's gone. He's gone. He's on Oklahoma City, I think he's on the Thunder. I'm pretty oh, sure. Is he? I'll pull it up. I'll uh, we'll see what he's doing. I, I don't know if he's fit. I don't know if he's like on the roster an active player, but he was with OKC at least in camp. Uh, I so, think one of those Louisiana. And he was Lafayette. a second round pick. I know that. Players and, uh, went to the G League. UTA also fired their coach Scott Cross, who they got a lot of backlash for that because he was their winningest coach ever. UTA once again had a good season, but they, I guess they had a little bit of higher expectations. Also as a Mixed up with they had a new athletic director and Scott Cross wasn't that athletic director's hire, so we didn't want him there. So UTA could be going through some things. Actually, Lafayette won't be the same. Monroe didn't really look very good last season, and I don't know about those East Coast teams, but Texas State, if everyone else is kind of taking a step back and they had a bunch of young players, they could take a step forward. They can be really competitive in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah, I think you're you hit
4: it right on the nail. It's it's a uh, uh, you hit it right on the head there, Brennan. Definitely realistic. I, I, um, as far as Kevin Hervey, he's not showing up on the team roster, so he's probably. I think in he dropped the him G G down League. to G League. Yeah. yeah, if I had to guess, <coughs> um,
3: I know one of those raging Cajuns went to the G League also.
4: I think it was was it Bryce Jackson? I, I think so. Bryce that would make sense. But yeah, when you look at the schedule for the Bobcats this year, not a ton of huge games. Air Force is one of the names you see. They uh, play. Uh, uh, they play a. De- they play a team on the schedule with a logo that is a blue D, but it's not Duke. It's Drake. So I got excited there.
3: Drizzy? Yes. Oh, we don't have Mark here today, straight, straight and he would have been all over that one. <laughs> he'd have been like... <laughs> like, like. Uh, Started
4: from the bottom, now we're here. He'd have been making music <laughs> jokes. He is on the road somewhere with another one of the KTSW staff members. And then you play Rice in San Marcos. Rice is typically decent at basketball. UTSA in San Antonio. Um, Arkansas, they'll be in Fayetteville oh, yeah. to take on the Razorbacks. That is December 22nd. Well, they also
3: play Howard Payne.
4: Oh, Howard Payne, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Howard Payne's a big school, They're good. They're such a yeah, that, powerhouse.
2: That, that's something I wanted to bring up. The, we talked about that, I think, last year the men's team. They don't schedule a lot of big time out-of-conference games like this. And on the other side, the women's team do. I remember two years ago, the women's team, they scheduled pretty much nothing but Texas teams in non-conference. So they played, you know, Baylor, Rice, all all kinds of random Texas UT? teams. I don't think they played UT. Uh but coach uh, Z said that was, a lot of that was for recruiting reasons too and I mean, st- absolutely. And getting to stay close. Because I mean, you have to travel a lot in the Sunbelt Conference going up yeah. to all the Appalachian State and the Carolinas. So out of conference. Howard try Payne to is a good, good place to Try to not travel that. as much. But I hope <laughs> you could catch my sarcasm when I was saying Howard <laughs> Payne was a big school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, but the, the biggest opponent on the men's team, what like, uh, the men's scheduled, only Power 5 school was Arkansas. Ar- Ar- Arkansas. The women's team go to Oklahoma State and go to Missouri. They played some big
4: games a year ago. Let's go ahead and transition to women's basketball. Uh yeah, they started off the Dominant. year playing teams like Houston, and they were all over the place. They'll, Like you mentioned, they'll be in Stillwater. They'll be in Columbia, Missouri. They play um, Tulane or Old Dominion. Old Dominion is traditionally more of a basketball school, so that'll be one to keep an eye on. That is the Tulane Classic. Mary's. And then, of course, then they get into conference play. Dominated conference play a year ago. Uh, but they're having to replace a lot. I mean, you still have Tosh Levitt who's one of the most prolific scorers in school history. Steph Curry of Texas State. Steph Curry of women's basketball. Women's Just basketball. Put it plain and simple. Yeah. Um, But Tiara Pitts is gone. Erica May is gone. And most importantly, Taylor Deer, who was probably the best Sun Belt player a year ago, is gone.
2: She was. She won Sun Belt Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So that's a lot to replace, No, regardless of how good Tosh Levitt is. But the concern with Tosh Levitt coming into the season, and you, I hate doubting her, right? She's the type of person you don't want to d- doubt. But... I think a lot of her three point production came from the fact that because of those other weapons they were able to get her open more consistently. But Taylor Deere, you almost had to double her. Otherwise she was gonna make some noise. And that typically opens things up for open up opened things up for Levitt. So will that continue to happen going into this year? Um, Brooke Hawley will probably be the key to that. It'll be can Brooke Hawley be enough of an offensive weapon and an offensive presence that they have to focus on her more to pull attention off of Levitt, especially out on the wing, you know, outside of the box. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely, because that's what defenses are going to center their game plan around, is stopping Toshua Levitt. And they're going to make someone else beat them. I don't blame them. That's the same thing i do if I was game planning against Texas State women's basketball. I'd make someone else beat me and prove that they can, because no one else on that team really has. Like I said, Brooke Hawley, she had some She's big, had some good moments. She had some really good games last year, especially late in the season, she really started to come on. But – is she going to continue that, and who else is going to step up for the team? It's for, for the men's team we had a better idea. For the win's, women's team, it's more of, it's more of a mystery to me. She
4: was preseason all sun about going into this year, so and she started uh, all games last year. She la- averaged over eleven points. Um, she's had some big games, so we'll see what she's able to do this year. One thing I do want to mention that's kind of exciting. Last year, when you watched this team, it just seemed like a lot of times they were they were smaller than their opponents. They lost the height battle that won't be the case this year if you look at a lot of the players in this roster jada reed's a freshman from lawton oklahoma she's 6'1 denashia hood from san antonio texas from wagner high school she's 6'1 jazza john she's a junior transfer from iowa western university she's six foot ja'kayla bowie she's a freshman from robert e lee she's 5'8 Xandra Manuels, the red shirt senior she's 6 foot. I mean, the height just doesn't stop. You have a lot of height. J- Jayla Johnson, we saw her a lot last year as a mm-hmm. sophomore. She's a sophomore now. So you went from a team that was very guard heavy to a team that is now have a, has a lot of height and you're going to be looking for you have athletic players on the wing. I think that's perfect. And then you have a presence down down in the in the in the paint. So that'll be interesting to see just what kind of offense head coach Center Antoine decides to run with.
3: I think that's perfect with uh Tosh will love it. Uh, I mean, just having all those bigger players down at the bottom. Just in the sense of
2: more players get a rebounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: offensive rebounds. Get that's, you that's get the a rebound? huge so game now. It's Levitt
4: and Holly can let it loose from deep, and then you have a pretty good chance of getting the rebound and getting it back out to them.
3: And I mean, those those girls aren't just freakishly huge either. I mean, I the, her, the tallest one I heard you say was six one. That's
4: tall for it's women's, tall. No, it's tall women's for basketball, women's
3: standard. basketball. But I I also saw a girl last year that was like six four for playing for another team. Oh,
4: we're not mentioning Baylor's. Uh, what was her name? She yeah, she's like Freddie s- Griner. Six Griner. She's like <laughs> six six eight.
3: six seven. Yeah. There, there there are a few outliers. And I mean, but I, I'm not talking about those per se. But with a team that has that kind of height, all of those all those girls can shoot mid range. All those girls can play, Ideally. Up, play up post. Ideally. Yeah. It, with. With you have If you have three people doing that and you have two people, uh, Levitt and the other guard, out on the wing, I don't think you'll have any problem, especially uh, the way that women's basketball is set up. Not saying it's set up badly. It's just, you know, it's a different style of play than men's basketball.
4: All right. Let's get where the final few minutes of the show. We have about 15, 20 minutes left. It's time for the weekly picks. Time for our Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. We're going to start with NCAA football, and then we'll move on to NFL. Later on, as the podcast keeps going, uh, we'll start getting into some NBA picks and stuff like that. But this week, it's just going to be NCAA and NFL football. Um, I'm going to throw a pick at y'all. I will, everybody will make their pick. You can give a score if you want. You don't necessarily have to. We're just going to decide who the winner is. And if you disagree and you want to argue about it, hey, by all means, let's do it. I'll, I'll You can catch these hands. So... I'm just going to run down the schedule list. The first game that I think is worth noting number two, Clemson is hosting Louisville.
2: What are y'all predictions on that one? Clemson by a million.
4: Yeah, I think Clemson dominates the yeah. Think about this
2: Clemson is 39 point favorites. Wow. Louisville was. And Trevor Lawrence is fighting his groove. The, too. the past few years, Louisville was a, a good ranked team mm-hmm. like, consistently, especially, you know, Lamar Jackson, but. Uh, it's like, been a rough Head, year for head coach them. Petrino and.
3: Uh, ever since Lamar Jackson, they kind of fell off.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Big fall off, being thirty-nine point underdogs is, is absurd.
3: I also don't. M- I mean, you'll you'll hear me say this every time Cle- uh, Clemson's name comes up, but I don't think like Clemson does perform. But sometimes they have been known to not perform. I mean, yeah, I has yeah, yeah, yeah. been
4: it's been it's been an up and down season for them for sure. I get yeah.
3: Uh, I mean that comes with all good teams. Ex- uh, unless you're Alabama, then I don't. I don't really know where that it goes. We, the only person that can beat Alabama is Louisiana Alabama? State University. So, um, <laughs> but we'll get into that later. Like, yeah, I'm Al- trying to figure out who can. I'm going to say Clemson, <laughs> but I'm only going to say Clemson's going to win this by twenty. I give Clemson points. a
4: twenty-point win, twenty plus. Yeah. So moving on to the next one. This one might be ju- just as easy. Ohio State, number ten, Ohio State hosting Nebraska. It is the at Huskers. Columbus. Um, it's their blackout. Nebraska game. came into the year ranked pretty high, but they have had an up and down season. It's They're been like two and them. seven, you two and six, two and six. Two and six. They came in ranked pretty high, and, and it's six. just falling apart.
3: So but they've won two in a row, getting it going. Hey, they got the same record as Texas State right now. So will, will
4: Ohio State get the big win, or will Nebraska pull off the upset? You're gonna ask me. I mean, it's going all the way around the oh, table. Okay. Might as well start I mean, with the Ohio State. Okay, guy.
3: so I'll, Ohio State. I don't care if Nebraska has the most championships ever. You, you're not gonna you're not gonna take a team like that and have them lose twice to an unranked team in the same year.
4: So you think they're gonna bounce back from a
3: hundred percent? If you don't what? bounce back from the Purdue game, man, you're 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 tough luck right well, there. Was
2: gonna say Nebraska only lost to Purdue by fourteen. Ohio State lost to Purdue by twenty nine. I mean, Ohio well, State that lost was also – Are you leaning? Are you leaning? That was upset? also
3: granted to the fourth quarter. If you would have watched, it.
2: are you leaning upset? No. No, I just wanted to keep emphasizing that Ohio State, Ohio that State lost to Purdue. Yeah, you just remember
3: when Ohio State lost to Purdue, dude. I don't remember that. Honestly.
2: <laughs> oh no, Ohio <laughs> State wins that game, but college football is better when Nebraska is good. It's it, you know they're one of those teams. It makes it interesting, for sure. yeah. Uh, and getting the, you know Scott Scott Frost a head coach who used to be in Nebraska, play for Nebraska, give him a year. This is his first year there. Of C- course, you didn't expect him to start zero and six, but Nebraska will get it going in the next few years, but. Having to see Ohio State right now is not what they want to see. All
4: right, we're not going to do all of these, ga- these games on the schedule, just the ones I think are worth talking about. Texas A&M is on the road against the Auburn Tigers at Jordan-Hare Stadium. A&M comes in ranked 20th. Auburn's been in the top five at points this season. Um, I'll go ahead and kick this one off because I, I am an Aggie guy. I, I think Aggies lose this one by about 7 to 10. I just I don't trust their offense enough, and I think Te- Auburn has a proven quarterback in Jared Stidham. And I think that that alone is able to be the, the distinguisher, dude. I think so. That's my pick. I think Auburn wins seven to ten, uh, around this seven to ten point range. That's the that's what I'm giving. Them. I think A and M can compete, and it's definitely winnable. But this is the way that's I just don't trust the Aggies' offense enough. Not at this point.
3: What uh, what? What's Auburn's rank right now?
2: They're both teams are five and three.
3: Five and three. I'm gonna have to go A and M on this one. They're playing in Auburn, right? Yes. I think A and M might come in there and steal it away. I'm gonna put them at a is, touchdown ahead.
2: Is A and M coming off a bye too? No, they just lost to Mississippi State. That's right. Uh, and Auburn's coming off a bye mm-hmm. and playing at home. The la- Auburn's last time out, they went to Ole Miss and won 31-16. Before that, they had the two bad losses of Mississippi State and Tennessee.
3: Uh, I would argue that Mississippi State's pretty good
2: though. Oh no, they're they're a solid team, no doubt. Right um, yeah, I gotta take Auburn in this one. I don't I don't think they lose. Uh, two two games at home
4: like that <laughs> after a bye too okay moving on to the next one uh, Ole Miss South Carolina Ole Miss is the home team it's an interesting one both teams have had kind of weird seasons mm-hmm. uh, Ole Miss has the ability to put up all the points in the world but they have they cannot stop anybody at all uh, and then South Carolina is just kind of one of those teams it's about 500 so I don't know I could see South Carolina pulling that one out I'm actually going to go ahead and say Ole Miss wins that one though I just think it'll be a super high scoring game because Ole Miss can't stop anybody, but nobody can stop Ole Miss's offense. So, I'm going to go Ole Miss wins that one by about
3: 15. I'm going to go Ole Miss by a touchdown. And the only reason is because I watched the blind side like a week ago. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> The spread of that game is even. Not even Vegas could pick a winner in that game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I guess in the benefit of the doubt, I prefer to go with the home team. I'll go Ole Miss. Ole Miss on that one. All right, moving hey, on. Hey, what's up with UCF? I UCF? thought they were I
3: thought I thought they just played, did they not? They played last night. They played last I night. I thought they, they were about to get beat. They, they beat
4: in? Temple 52 to to
3: 40. Temple was up on them at one point. No, for
2: for a good amount of the game. Okay. It? Yeah, it was I was just making sure I saw that game.
3: right because they're now 8 and 0 and I was like I'm pretty sure that they almost lost last night. So All right, Oklahoma
4: State at Baylor in Waco. What are your thoughts on that one? I think Oklahoma State's going to win that one by at least two. Yeah, Oklahoma State. I think Baylor's really not a bad team, but they're just not quite as good as the rest of the teams in the Big 12. So I think Oklahoma State wins that one pretty easily. Um, Moving on to Texas State, Georgia State. We've already kind of mentioned it. Might as well mention it. Uh, I think the Bobcats win by about six, six to seven. I think I predicted two earlier, 28-26. Yeah, that's what you said. I think that's – I'm going to stick with that, 28-26, Bobcats.
3: I'm going – Georgia State,
2: 21-14. I said Georgia State, 26-20.
4: Okay. Uh, Georgia Tech at North Carolina. What are your thoughts on that one? In Georgia Hill.
2: Tech at North Carolina. Some ACC football, baby.
3: Mm. I'm not much on that Atlantic Coast <laughs> over there. Uh, I really
4: don't know much with all the, either of those, time
3: t- those teams e- yeah, either. Yeah, not right now. I think not Georgia Tech's had a kind of
4: a bad year, haven't they? Uh, four and four. You would see one and six. Get to, the,
3: get to the main main game of this year. Yellow Jackets.
2: Oh, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. We're, <laughs> so here's where
4: we're getting into the interesting ones.
2: I see. two ranked games coming up right here. Georgia mm-hmm. at
4: Kentucky.
2: Oh yeah. This is a big one. This is uh, for the East, right? So pretty much. Yeah. yeah
4: pretty much. It Basically is. Kentucky uh, comes. Florida. I guess Florida still. Kentucky comes yeah. in ranked ninth.
3: They are number one in the SEC East right now. Georgia
4: comes in ranked sixth. What are your thoughts, man? This is a fun one. What are your thoughts yeah. on this one? Dude, Kentucky, can Kentucky keep the Cinderella season going, or is Georgia and Jake Fromm
2: gonna come in firing? I, I'd, I'd love to see Kentucky win this football game. I really would, because i would just be incredible to see Kentucky, a top ten team like that. Their offense just isn't good. They uh, well, they only allow thirteen points a game. Absolutely sensational. But Their they, defense might be the best it, in but college football. They, they have that. one of the best linebackers in, well. the, in the nation, Josh Allen. Or, or I don't think it's his name. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I swear they, he was a quarterback <laughs> <laughs> last year. I, don't, they, they averaged, I thought he got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> they average about 25 points per game, but look at the last few games. They beat Mizzou 15-14. They beat Vanderbilt 14-7. Lose the AM and m 20-14. Beat South Carolina 24-10. Beat Mississippi State 28-7. I see two teams only going 7 points, 10 points, 14 points. I don't think you're holding Georgia to that, that low of a score. No, I don't
4: think you are either. Um Kentucky's kinda like they remind me of Texas this year, where I hate predicting their games because you just don't know.
3: You you just Oh don't yeah, know. you don't know. Uh so I'd I'd like to see a Cinderella story from Kentucky. I saw their uh, their athletic director said yesterday, he said, We we're we're a basketball mecca and we're looking to No, this was our head coach. He said, We're a basketball mecca and we're a decently good football school. But we're all, we're trying to get football to that level also, and I think this is the year that we can do it.
4: This is the game that can do it. Yeah, I'm actually, you know what, I'm feeling it. I'm going. Kentucky's going to win this one. Close. I'm going
3: underdog. Kentucky, winning it. We're both falling for the underdog story, the 20, Cinderella story. Twenty-eight, I'm, twenty-one against Georgia.
4: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with my buddy Alex Gibbs on this one, and uh, I'm gonna say Kentucky wins, even though my heart says they're not going to. Texas hosts. I'm to. Texas hosts West Virginia. Down there at Royal Memorial Stadium, There's another interesting one. I, I, I think I think Will Greer in West Virginia gets it done, even though it's on the road. I just Texas is so I don't know inconsistent yeah. and up and down, and I I, I hate predicting their games because they could drop fifty. I, I just don't know,
3: but I, I'm gonna go West Virginia. Think that's UT for you just in general.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna go West Virginia wins by about ten to fourteen.
3: I'm gonna go West Virginia's gonna blow them out the water. You think
4: you think they're gonna come in and just smack them?
3: Yeah, I think. T- three touchdowns.
2: Wow, we'll pick West Virginia. Uh West Virginia's coming off a little bit of a longer week. They played Baylor on a Thursday uh, a week ago, so they get you know an extra few days to prepare, a few days of rest. I think Texas. West Virginia's
3: been preparing for them for a couple weeks now ever since they beat TCU.
2: Yeah, it's, this is you know, this is essentially a potential this Big could, 12 championship. Big 12, game. yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm with like, OU having that one loss. I mean, yeah. West Virginia and OU will still have to play later. So that will, if West Virginia wins that game, then that game becomes the w- the mm-hmm. Big 12 Championship. So, West Virginia wants a chance to the play off, they have to win this one.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um I think Texas is just I think Texas coming off that loss to Oklahoma State. They're kind of beat up. West Virginia is a good team. Will Greer is a very good quarterback, so. Yeah. And I just uh,
3: saw Oklahoma State expose them a lot uh, last you week. you think West Virginia capitalizes on that? I think West Virginia capital- capitalizes heavy on that.
4: All right, does Iowa defeat Purdue? Purdue's the home team. Dude, is number sixteen Iowa come in? Purdue just beat the snot out of the Buckeyes. I'll take the Hawkeyes. I'm so gonna. I'm Hawkeyes gonna take, going take.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes just because Ohio State had a blip.
4: Let's go through the next few really quickly, and then we'll get to the the uh,
3: the the main course.
4: Kansas State at TCU.
3: Hmm. Uh, TCU's been playing real bad. I'm going. I'm hey. going. Uh, but Kansas State's last place in the in the in the conference. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go TCU.
2: Okay. Um. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, even though TCU just lost the best player, Kevontae Turpin, yeah. being arrested and kicked off the team. Yeah. Uh, I still think the Horn Frogs are more talent. Texas Christian University, everybody.
4: I'm going Kansas State on that one. Penn State uh, at Michigan.
2: Ooh, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Michi- Michigan's the home team. They're in Ann Arbor. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully,
3: Michi- hopefully Ethan doesn't to, Uh Penn State I think for so, me over I think, here. Yeah, I think
1: Swirly
4: comes in and gets stuff done. Well, uh, I'm
2: thinking Michigan, that defense.
3: The Michigan's defense is rock solid. But uh, Mr. Harbaugh has never been good against playing Penn State.
4: Okay, uh, Louisiana Tech, Mississippi State, Mississippi State, right? I think that's a pretty cut and dry one. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame at Northwestern. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame wins that one as well. Uh, okay, let's get to the big ones. Let's get to the big one. So. And I want number to one Alabama on the road. Number three LSU in Baton Rouge.
2: Wait, LSU number three, number three, in, in the college football playoff rankings. Right? The they jumped uh, Notre Dame. Here, Whoa.
4: here's my thoughts on it. I'll kick it off, Brendan. You and I might dispute on this one. I, I think LSU's got a really good team, and I think they might even be a college football playoff team. I really do.
3: It's not even about the team at this game, but
4: I think it'll be real. It'll be a little. It'll look like a real good game for two quarters, maybe two and a half. Alabama wears people out. They're too good. They're just too deep. Uh, now they have a quarterback that actually makes plays and consistently gets the offense going. I don't see a team beating them, and I think LSU probably gives them a run, like I said, for about two quarters. I think we go into the third quarter thinking, "Wow, this is a good game. Might be like a one-point game, one-possession game." Alabama's just got too much length and depth, and I think Alabama wins by at least two touchdowns going, when it when it's all said and done. Hot take?
3: It's yeah. really not that much yeah, of a hot take. Actually, oh, I, I was talking a, about his. Oh. That's, that's, that's the common. No, that's synthesis. the common. That's the common uh, theme, but this is going You're to be <laughs> the. <laughs> Hot take. All right,
2: here, here's where I am on this. I have gone back and forth in this game the past two weeks. I would figure you had. I the, think you've been sitting there debating it. The game. But, um, am I excited for it? Am I scared for it? Uh, can, <laughs> can we really do this? I think anytime time you play Bama, you're a little yeah, scared. And it's, it's every year. I have to deal with this every year. I saw
3: the hype video, video you retweeted. That might be my my motivation right R- there. R-
2: that's Ryan Clark Dude, uh, that reading was that a great video. safety. Uh, okay, but here here is where I am on this one. One. Bama is 14.5-point favorites in Baton Rouge. That's the most disrespectful thing that ever happened to the, the Tigers. Yeah. To, to be 14-point <laughs> underdogs against Death the number Valley. number three team in the number
3: one loudest stadium in, in college in football.
2: In Death Valley. So I don't think LSU loses by two scores. Uh, I went and talked to, to my friends earlier on one of his podcast. I did pick Bama to win. Uh, oh. as, as much as it hurt me. Because, like you said, how deep they are and just how they wear people out. But at the same time, I can see LSU sneaking out a win with the emotions being this high. With, I mean, they did a couple years ago. With the way the defense has been playing, two of the best secondary players in the nation, and Grant Del and Greedy Williams, you don't have your best. You don't have one of the best linebackers in the nation for the first half. Uh, Devin White due to a BS free targeting Devin, free Devin. Hashtag White. free Devin White to a BS targeting penalty in that Mississippi State game. But, oh, let me started. Um, oh yeah, that was. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. So I think it's going to be much closer. Uh, they always say, you know, LSU Bama's dis- determined in the trenches. I don't think it's going to be determined in the trenches this year. I think it's determined on the perimeter. It's the, it's the secondary against the receivers and getting outside pressure to Tua, making sure he, making him throw the ball before he's ready to throw it. Cause that's, he hasn't had, he's been sacked, I think two or three times all year. He hasn't had to worry about anything. Any kind of have pressure. He hasn't, like people like to say, he hasn't faced a real test like this yet. This is the best test you'll face, yeah. Other than the, you know the second half, of the championship game last year, that's kind of an outlier. I think Bama still wins it, but LSU's gonna have a chance at the end. Bama twenty-four, LSU nineteen.
3: All right, so that was the worst okay. hot take ever. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually do the hot take. How about this? LSU wins it. Okay. By a TD or a little less, off of. The first interception of Tua's career. Okay, boom. I,
2: I can see interception. LSU leads the nation in interceptions. I'm saying, I, I mean, now, I I'm saying the team that's
3: going to pick off this quarterback, who we think is just top tier. And honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I've seen the dude play. He's unbelievably good. He's probably the best quarterback I've ever seen play my, he, on there. a college level, in the sense of he doesn't even have to throw the ball very. He throws it like twelve times a game. Gets like three touchdowns, has over 200 yards. I feel like maybe his wide receivers just make it easy for him. I was going to
4: say, is that him being that good, or is it
3: everything else being that good? But he came into a national championship at halftime last year and won the game for them as a freshman. I don't know. This kid is something else, but if there's one team that can take him down, if there's one fan base that can overpower him to where he makes a bad call because of how loud it is in the stadium, it's going to be LSU.
4: All right. You heard it here first. Probably not. Probably it's been said other places. Maybe. Uh, Let's run through the NFL real quick, and then we'll talk about the Cowboys just a tad bit and then we'll close it out. We're getting a little long here. Um, So I'm only going to go through the really important ones. I think the ones that are interesting. Round twenty against the Chiefs. Steelers at Ravens.
2: Steelers, right? I'm going Steelers. Well, Baltimore's been good this year. They're Ra- leading
3: the, they're There's leading a, their division right yeah, now.
2: Yeah, at first I was thinking Ravens because they they're at home and I was like the home team, especially in those games. But I, I don't think the Ravens beat the Steelers twice in a year. They already beat them once.
4: Yeah, I think Steelers have that one. What about you?
3: I'm gonna go Steelers just in the sense of James Conner's been really meshing with that team, um, and he's causing a lot of problems. Just in the sense of Ben Roethlisberger, I think has he has a statistic for this year, maybe like most touchdowns by a quarterback thus far or some, something like that, but uh, don't quote me on that, but he's a... It's definitely Mahomes. Actually, yeah, you're <laughs> it's right. definitely I, I'm Mahomes. I'm not sure... Uh, there was a statistic <laughs> about Roethlisberger that I was very surprised at about this I'll have to year. pull up the stats and um, tell you that Mahomes has the most touchdowns. Yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> I mean, with Antonio Brown, Juju Smith, Schuster, money. Oh, then you add James Conner, who takes lessons from Le'Veon Bell, even more money, so... I don't, I don't, I, I, don't see the Steelers slowing down like they did at the first start of the season. Uh, I feel like they did that just in the because they were so discombobulated from Levy on Bell. A big word you just threw out there. Thank discombobulated. You. Uh, That's Steelers.
4: Good Steelers. Get on to another one. Texans at Broncos. Who wins that one? Texans. Texans. Texans yeah, pretty easily. Uh, Falcons at Redskins.
2: Another really good one. Redskins.
3: I think Atlanta
4: too. gets it done on the road.
3: I think Redskins are too good right now. Oh, Redskins, that
2: defense looked really good. See, I'm mm-hmm. thinking I, my Atlanta thinking, is coming off a bye. I definitely think Atlanta. Atlanta's coming
4: off a bye, and Washington isn't an offensive team, they're a defensive team, and I think Atlanta's got enough weapons to get that done. Here's a fun one. The next two are really fun. Rams at Saints in New Orleans. Who wins yeah.
3: that one? I don't know. Baby Breeze is always good at picking it's defenses apart like that. Oh, yeah, 100 percent I bet you I'm not even gonna guess a score. I'm gonna say Breeze goes. Seventy percent passing, three touchdowns, three hundred yards, golf goes. Spin move. <laughs> golf goes, two hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns, uh fifty percent passing. No, sixty percent passing.
2: Interesting. Uh h- But h- I'm h- saying Rams are gonna win it. H- here's here's my take on that. I've been saying all week. Both okay, LSU plays Bama at home, New Orleans Saints play the Rams at home. One of those teams are winning this weekend. <laughs> I
4: promise you. that. I'm going. Saints are going to win. That's
2: what I was going to say. So either the Saints or Tigers win. This I just weekend. don't. I see
3: the Saints having a sort of equally offense with the Rams. Um, I see Kamara being just as level with um, Todd Gurley, and I see. I mean, Drew Brees is definitely the best quarterback in the league right now. Gurley is.
4: Definitely the best running back in the
3: league. I know, but the way they can utilize uh, Alvin Kamara with their kind of offense, I just I so put the them in a nice level. The difference is that the Saints field. use
4: Ingram a lot too.
3: They do, and Ingram's back, yeah. so that, uh, that definitely switches things. So up. So we have
4: we have Rams and then two Saints. Yeah, yeah. I just and don't
3: think the Saints have the defense to get it done.
4: Packers at Patriots. It's another okay. fun one. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers versus a little bit of, of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman,
3: the goat versus the goat.
2: I you mean, guys, you guys a Michael Jordan commercial for it? That mm-hmm. game, for the game? Oh, it's, it's awesome. You gotta look that up. Michael a Michael jo- Jordan commercial? Michael for Jordan commercial for, it? commercial for this game. It's oh, really good. Creepy.
4: I'll look it up. Uh, I'm gonna uh, go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Patriots are gonna win this one at home.
2: I'm going Patriots. Packers straight away their safety. Hawk Clinton Dick straight away. Ty Montgomery. I don't know what they're doing. If they're punting the season or what. Bill, Bill check will be ready. Patriots at home. I'm
3: gonna go a hot take. Aaron Rodgers wins it with a game winning drive. You think he just goes God? Isn't it a again? hot take? Doesn't it happen all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does happen all the time. But you know what? I think he's going to do it against Tom Brady.
4: All right, we're going to finish the show. Titans
2: at Cowboys. The debut of the debut of Amari Cooper. What are your thoughts on that one? Cowboys are a whole different team at home. That's the difference. They're at home in this game. They had a bye week. I take the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys all the way. I think Amari Cooper comes in that offense gets something going more than they've had.
4: And Titans, while they are a pretty good defensive team, their offense is non-existent. So I'm going Cowboys.
3: Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys as well. Um, just in the sense of, I know you all hate that. <laughs>
4: I'm gonna start calling them the Browns the turds. Just, I don't uh-uh. even have anything
3: against the Browns, just to like slight you. Uh, but sorry, Go um, on. I think we're gonna see Ezekiel Elliott have the best game he's ever had against this Titans team, just because Amari Cooper is here.
4: Oh, you mean the number six ranked rushing defense in the league?
3: Who? The T- Titans? Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I've seen Zeke do crazier things before. So, he, look, he hasn't—he hasn't, hasn't had—he hasn't showed up all year. Really, it'd be nice for him to show up.
4: He's had some good games. Just ask my fantasy team. But hey, <laughs> that's—that's a—you can uh, go at Peyton Hill <laughs> and go go fight with him on yeah. Twitter about it. That's gonna do it for us today. Hope y'all enjoyed. Let us know what you thought about some of the new segments, weekly spotlight picks, and maybe we might even try to do some kind of best audio of the week, worst audio of the week. If you want that, let us know. Uh, that's going to do it for us again every Friday at noon. That's what we aim for. Texas State New uh, Spit Talk and then of course, Bobcat Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Make sure to tune into that. Maybe we'll have a, a BP video of us at Texas Day Baseball Practice coming up in the future. I'm not sure about that. We'll let you know. But Again, thank you all for listening and you'll hear from us next week.